Episode 23 of Run Talk SA. I'm Brad Brown on the other side of the microphone, and uh, technology is a weird thing. I haven't seen you in ages, Parky, but uh, yeah, we can do this from wherever we are in the world. It's good to, to catch up this week. Absolutely. We speak to each other a lot, and we watch app each other quite often, but uh, we don't see each other very often. Technology is certainly an amazing thing. But you, Mr. Brown, have actually got a present for me, which are my minimalist running shoes, or should I say sandals. Uh, question is, have you used them yet? And these Luna sandals, are they working for you? Parky, I haven't run in them yet. I've walked around in them just to sort of see how comfortable they are. But uh, we chatted to Barefoot Dave, Dave Else, uh, probably very early on in the days of Run Talk SA. And he's bringing these things into the country and sent a pair for me and a pair for you. So I'm, I'm going to take them out for a test drive in the next couple of days and I'll make sure I get your pair to you soon. But yeah, they, they're very, very interesting. If you've read the book Born to Run, uh, they, they talk about running sandals and these are them. Uh, you also talking about minimalist uh, attire when running, caught up with uh, a gentleman who uh, is encouraging runners in Johannesburg to run with very little on, apart from maybe a, a Speedo and a pair of running shoes. Tell me more about that. Yeah, Parky, running shoes are optional, and it's not just in Joburg. It's across the country as well. Talking about the Tana Daredevil run, uh, it started in Joburg five years ago, but it spread its wings. They now happen across the country, and they're also now starting to happen across the world. Uh, it takes place on Friday the 8th of November, and I caught up with Kurt to find out uh, a little bit about the history, uh, what it's all about, because it is for a great cause as well as to raise awareness and some money for uh, t uh, testicular and prostate cancer awareness. And uh, yeah, you can find out all about that on this week's show. Question is, though, just one quick question before we move on. Are you going to take part? Well, Kurt asked me that question, and I answered it later on in the show. So there you go. You have to listen to that interview to find out the answer. <laughs> Now, there's two big cycle races, uh, time cycle races in South Africa. One, of course, is the Argus down in Cape Town, and the other one is the 94.7. And although this is not uh, a cycling program, it's a running program, uh, there are a number of runners that obviously cross the boundary and do both of those. Uh, and I thought, why not catch up and have a chat with a guy called Marcel Fulhoun? He's from a company called um, Fitness from Africa, and he deals with all sorts of athletes who obviously want programs, training programs, but also it helps them on the medical side if they come through injury, and he's got uh, a little surgery down there in Lone Hill or a sports clinic. But I thought I'd catch up with Marcel and have a chat with him and say, there are a number of riders who are going to take part in the upcoming uh, 94.7, which of course is this big uh, race in Johannesburg, happens every November, and there's going to be a number of runners who dust their bicycle off after a year, a year and a half, and say, right, I'm back on it, and I'm going to do the 94.7. Is it good for people? Can they do it? And how should they uh, prepare for it? And are they going to hurt themselves if they haven't done any training? So Marcel was very interesting to listen to and uh, get his, uh, his opinion both from an athlete's point of view and from someone who understands the medical profession and how the muscles are um, used from a riding and running point of view. Sounds very interesting. And then Parky as well, uh, the next Comrades webinar, the Journey to Comrades webinar is taking place on the 11th of November. And we've got some great news as well. We have a sponsor for it uh, in the build-up to Comrades, New Balance, the apparel sponsor uh, for the Comrades Marathon, have come on board and are going to be putting uh, the funds in to get that one running. So that's great news. But I caught up with Lindsay Parry, the Comrades coach and our coach here on Run Talk SA, uh, to find out what we're going to be chatting about. And that's coming up on this week's show. You can also register for that webinar as well. All you need to do is go to 
runtalksa.co.za and you can register there for that one. The 11th of November is when the next one is happening. Also this week, Parky, we've got a brand new Run Talker of the Week up on our website. And this week it is uh, a runner by the name of Kate Else. Uh, and Kate uh, has filled in a couple of questions for us and a really cool profile on the website. Just go to runtalksa.co.za. One of the questions we asked her was, uh, who is your dream running partner and why? And she reckons anyone that carries jelly babies and will sing with me when I get a little delirious at about the 18-kilometer mark. Uh, oh, and maybe Ryan Sands. That guy is so fit, he could run ahead, find a garage, buy jelly babies, and then run back to me. So if you want to hear, listen to the rest or read the rest of that interview, make sure you get to Run Talk SA. Our Run Talker of the Week this week is Kate Else. And I think it's worth keeping in mind that uh, obviously entries are still very much open for comrades but it's filling up fast and there are a number of people that sit there and go oh comrades come on it's first of june next year six months away seven eight months away what am i thinking about my comrades for now i'm thinking of the festive season don't forget that entries do close towards the end of november uh, or of course before depending on the numbers but generally end of november and the last thing you want to be done uh, the last thing you want to is uh, go into the beginning of the year and go oh my goodness i forgot to enter and then be scrambling to try and get substitutions because that is just not nice at all no not but, at all uh, that's it for the intro yeah i mean that's it for the beginning of the show brad i mean we've got loads of things coming up shall we have a chat and see what it's like to run around south africa with a costume on yeah let's do it Well, this week we're chatting uh, about the Daredevil Run, the Tana Daredevil Run. That happens on a yearly basis, uh, and it started off really small, but is growing in leaps and bounds, and it is such a cool initiative. And I've got the national organizer on the show this week, Kurt Solomon. Uh, Kurt, thanks for taking the time to chat to us today. It's, uh, it's good to touch base ahead of, of the next edition. Thank you, Brad. Thanks for having us. Kurt, tell me, before we, we get into the nitty-gritties of, uh, I don't want to say nuts and bolts, uh, we'll just use <laughs> nitty-gritties, uh, tell me a little bit about how the Daredevil Run got started and how you guys from Itana got involved. Cool. Well, Brad, are we uh, nine its fifth year. Um, it all started uh, five years ago. Um, a group of mates um, were having a drink in a pub, as, as men do. And uh, the one guy lost a bet, and the, the dare was to run down Jan Smuts in a speedo. Um, and it kind of grew from that. Uh, one of the mates also, you know, uh, had uh, cancer, and they decided, why don't we do this this run where we run in um, speedos, you know, through the streets of Joburg in um, speedos in all in aid of um, cancer awareness. So it started like that. Um, one of the guys worked at Etana at the time and approached um, head of brand um, at Etana, Coral Nolta. And um, ever since Etana's backed... Uh, Back to run. I think it's such a cool idea. And you talk about running down Jan Smuts in a speedo. You know, it's all good and well losing a bet and having to do that. But it wasn't in the middle of the night. It was practically in rush hour traffic. Well, that's exactly it, Joe. Peak out traffic in speedos. Um, there are about 60-odd guys the first year. Um, it grew tremendously to about 500, just over 500, 600 guys, I think, the second year. 
Um, and now we are aiming for 5,000 this year. So it's growing tremendously and uh, you're picking up huge momentum. Peak out traffic in a speedo, what more could you ask for? Uh, the motorists, it's the funniest thing to see the faces on, on motorists because they haven't a clue what's going on. I mean, they're sitting in traffic and all of a sudden here comes a whole bunch of guys in red speedos running down the road. They must think the, the world's coming to an end. Well, exactly that, and I mean, it's look. I mean, it it does uh, stop the traffic for a few minutes, but people understand the hoots are are awesome. Um, you know, the guys really get involved in the traffic, and um, you know, the guys are so excited when they get to run. You know, next to the cars, practically in speedos. It's quite a quite a funny, awesome thing to to see. Kurt, it, it is a cool, cool thing to see, but but obviously there's a, a big thing behind it, and it's not just to go and run in rush hour traffic in a speedo. There's obviously a, a, a I don't want to say a charity angle, but it's it's more of an awareness angle behind it too. Obviously, money does go to charity, but uh, tell us a little bit about the the, the awareness that, that you guys are hoping to achieve through this Daredevil Run. Well, exactly. I mean, it's it's obviously not um, something you see every day, and and the reason we did it in speedos and quite you know quite a hectic thing was to create this awareness um, about cancer um, mainly, but uh, prostate and testicular cancer, so male cancers in general. Um, there aren't that many male cancer awareness campaigns out there, and so this is one of the main ones. Um, you know, which we create awareness um, for cancer, the importance of early detection um, for prostate and testicular cancer, because you know it affects guys as young as 12. Up, upwards, you know, and, and that's the scary thing. So, I mean, um, it's all about the awareness and creating, um, you know, the, the importance of getting tested early because over 90% of the cases that are detected early are curable. That stat, I mean, I was reading when, when I found out I was going to be chatting to you, I was doing a bit of research. That stat for me is phenomenal. 90% of these cancers can be cured if they are picked up early. And and that's that's so often guys first of all don't know what to look for and second of all don't really check themselves or get checked. Well, exactly, and and also part of the problem is, you know, guys, it's it's kind of the old school. Oh, but I need to go to the doctor, bend over, and kind of you know it's a bit awkward. And that's not the case anymore. I mean, prostate tests are simple, as simple as a finger prick test these days. You know, I mean, it's 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 really awesome. It's a, a matter of a finger prick, similar to a cholesterol test. And then they can pick up, um, you know, if, if you need to go to the doctor and, and get a double check or if you're safe. Kurt, how, I mean, of- how often should you get checked? Like, I mean, you're talking about a finger prick. It's, it's that simple. How often should you be going for, for a test? Look, I mean, it depends on, uh, on you know, how your, your family history is. Um, they say that you check at least twice a year. Um, testicular is a bit more difficult, not difficult, but um, the guys obviously need to check for, for lumps and that in the, in the scrotum. Um, prostate is, is as easy as a finger prick, as I said. So check regularly um, for testicular once a month, check in the bath, shower, um, and prostate. Go get tested at least twice a year at least. And, and I mean, if, you, if you're checking the testicular side, if you pick up a lump, go check, check it out. I mean, a, a lot of times they are benign, but you don't want to take, take a chance of, of it being anything more serious. Kurt, you mentioned that the race, uh, I say it's a race, it's not a race, it's a, it's a fun run where guys get out and, and just really have a good laugh. Started five years ago, really humble beginnings, and it's growing into something really big now. You spoke about uh, running down Jan Smuts on the Joburg side, but it's not just a Johannesburg thing. It's, it's gone national, but it's also going international. That's it, yeah. We we went uh, into, uh, we went national two years ago. Um, so we Durban, Joburg, Cape Town two years ago, and then um, this year we in Durban, Joburg, Cape Town, Pretoria, George, Peter Maritzburg, um, and then a few other smaller runs around the country. That's all on the website. And then, as you said, our first international run, which will be happening in Miami, 
uh, the formal run. And it's amazing how this grows and people are so interested and, uh, and keen to get involved. We'll be having a smaller run in London as well this year um, and also at Princeton University. Um, so it, it's really growing and you know the Daredevil wings are spreading tremendously. That's actually very cool. And, and you say Miami, Florida. It's not Florida on the west rand of Joburg. This is the actual Florida. <laughs> that's, that's it. Uh, Miami, <laughs> along the beachfront, beautiful palm trees, that sort of thing. And I mean, Brad, also a lot of the guys come to me and say, Kurt, no, but I don't have a six pack and I, and that's not the case at all. It's really for all shapes and sizes, all ages, races. Um, it's not a race, as you said, it's, it's a awareness campaign, a fun run through traffic, something fun, something different, get out there. Um, you know, moms, da- moms obviously get uh, the special men in your lives uh, to register. Um, and then dads, yeah, everyone, everyone and anyone. And then as far as, as far as distances in that running, if somebody wants to go and run, what, what sort of distance and what sort of pace do they have to run it? So we've um, we've done a 4.5-kilometer route, and that's, uh, as, you know, we don't have um, real athletes taking part, and so for them it's a nice, easy 4.5-kilometer. And for the athletes, you know, it's a nice little... Uh, It'll create a little bit of a sweat for them. Is that is that four point five across all all the the events across the country? Yeah, that'll be national. All right, superb. And then, Kurt, if people want to get involved and 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 and, and do it, because it is, it, it's a good fun and, and get your mates together. It's a real good laugh. How can they go about doing it? Cool. So the the best and easiest thing to do is go onto our website, which is www.daredevilrun.com. Um, that's www.daredevilrun.com. All the information is there. You can register online. All it costs is 100 bucks. You get a speedo and a refreshment on the day, and that full amount um, goes to cancer. So that's also a thing we're pretty proud of. Um, you know, if we get 5,000 guys running this year, half a million rand is going to go to cancer. So, um, yeah, ladies, check it out. Register, supporters, gents, you know, register yourselves, register your friends, family, sons, fathers, uncles, brothers. Um, online at www.daredevilrun.com. Um, they can also follow us on Twitter at daredevil underscore run um, for information, prizes as well. Um, and we've also got the 10,000 Rand up for grabs for anyone um, who can get the most people registered. So all the details are on the website. Kurt, I saw that. So, so basically what you're doing is if, if you can drum up a whole bunch of your mates, the person who can get the most people to register and run this thing will win 10 grand cash. Exactly. I mean, I don't think there's an easier way to win it. Um, all you've got to do is register. You get sent a unique link. Send that link out to all your mates, family, post it on Facebook, and then we can track how many people get registered on your link. And uh, with the, you know, the person with the most wins 10,000 Rand. When does, this, when does this Daredevil Run happen? Daredevil Run happens next week, Friday, across the country, um, 8th of November. Um, and the, all the runs will kick off at 3.30. Um, Peter Maritzburg will kick off at 4.30, but otherwise all the other runs at 3.30 um, next Friday, the 8th of November. <laughs> Is that because Peter Maritzburg's only got five minutes of rush hour traffic? <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. Kurt, I, I think it's it's an amazing initiative, and, and yeah, I said I did a bit of research for this. I actually Googled your name as well, and I'm, I'm concerned about the number of images that are on the internet with you in a red speedo. It's quite ridiculous. I think it was in my um, my contract at work. You know, listen. One of the things you got to do is uh, wear a speedo at least uh, fifty times a year around November time. But <laughs> but all, all good. All for a good cause. No, it's for, it is it's for a great cause. That website once again. If people want to get involved, it's www.daredevilrun.com. Um, and there's all the information there, register there, and there's stories, um, survivor stories, guys that have 
written in about what they've thought of the run, pictures, um, and uh, all the details of, of the run. Brilliant. Kurt, what I'll do is I'll pop those details up on our website as well. So if people want to link through straight from the show notes for this episode, uh, all they need to do is just uh, head over to the website, click on it, and it'll take it straight through to, to that page as well. I want to wish you all the best. Uh, looking forward to, to seeing the pics as well from, from the 2013 edition. And I'm just so chuffed that, that this thing is growing internationally as well because it is a, a great idea. And, uh, yeah, it's a great way to, to, to raise awareness and some bucks for charity. Definitely. Well, Brad, thank you guys. You guys are legends. Thanks for having us um, on the show and uh, hope to see you. It'll be a nice warm-up um, run for your half Ironman eh, coming up. Jeez, uh, I tell you, I'm, you talk about not six-packs. I, I've, 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 I think I'm allergic to budgie smugglers. <laughs> I'll pay the 100 bucks with pleasure, but geez, I don't want to scare people into therapy seeing me in a Speedo. That's quite surprising. All the guys know they're very wary of getting in a speeder, but once they're in it, you can't get them out of it. It's quite a, <laughs> quite a happy I love it. I love it. Kurt, thanks so much for taking the time to chat to us. All the best, mate. Brad, thank you. Have a good one. This week on Run Talk SA, we're speaking to Marcel Fillion, who's from Fitness from Africa, which is in Lone Hill. It was started back in 1998, and uh, Marcel has a passion for sports and fitness, and he started running back in 1980 and has participated in a variety of running disciplines, including track, road, cross-country, marathon, and ultra-distance running. Uh, and, of course, he is very much into uh, really looking at the discipline of running and how to stay fit and, I suppose, most importantly, how to uh, stay injury-free. Uh, Marcel, welcome to the show and thanks very much for talking to us. Well, thank you, Simon. It's hard to do this. Your personal interest in running obviously goes back all the way through to 1980. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my passion coming from a Afrikaans school background um, where athletics is quite common. We're very proactive and on the athletics field and uh, my passion started at school and I actually carried on co- with my high school coach for a number of years, about three or four years after school because of the dynamic influence that he had on my coaching, on my training and um, from the track I progressed to cross country and road races to the extent that I was able to participate in Europe and the, the States on a, on a full-time basis in terms of the road running. And uh, when I completed that part of my running career, I, I moved up to marathon and ultra-marathon distances and around about the same time got involved in coaching as well. And um, through the coaching, I mean, I started working with uh, both high school and primary school people and um, I quite enjoy working with a variety of ages. And um, from the very start, Comrades has been a big focus in our uh, coaching focus because of the... Uh, the culture that we had in South Africa in the ultra and marathon distance running. And the spinners of Comrades has been coaching a variety of other disciplines, including uh, the, the track coaching, the cross-country coaching, working with the juniors, working with corporate leaders, trying to, to take fitness into the workplace. And also, as I mentioned, at schools, where it's, it's quite a, uh, rewarding to start working with the little guys when they start from eight, nine years old, and they work all the way into the higher school and beyond. Now, one of the main major reasons that I actually wanted to speak to you this week was uh, obviously about um, the 94.7 cycle challenge, which is coming up this week, well, this month, in November, this next month. And a lot of runners, uh, from my experience, uh, feel that they're fit enough to just jump on a bike the week before and go and race this thing. Is it advisable? And if so, uh, does it use different 
muscles and what pain can be expected after the race? Well, runners, as you know yourself, are, are tough creatures and um, they're always up for the challenge. Um, I don't personally come out with a coaching and an exercise um, science background. I don't advocate doing anything with uh, sufficient preparation. But um, if you look at the nature of running, I mean, the runners will do um, uh, in excess of two, three, four hour runs and um, their bodies are mostly superbly conditioned. And I'm not talking to the guys at the front of the, the races, but um, the middle of the pack and the back of the pack type of a runner. And because of the nature of running, your, your cardiovascular system, your energy systems are conditioned in such, to such an extent that you cope quite well with the demands of cycling. And through the years, we've always had a number of runners who decide in the spur of the moment that they will be doing the cycling race and some of them even borrow a bike a week or two before the race to be able to be on the starting line and inevitably they finish the race without anything more than the full behind, um, which is the case for those who have been training as well. But um, yeah, to, to answer your question, I, I, I don't think the, the risk are great if you've been training um, in any other type of sport. Um, cycling specificity is obviously the ideal way to go. The runners tend to, to cope quite well with a cycling event. Um, I, would, I would equate a race of 90 to 100 kilometers to about a half marathon in running terms, uh, purely based on the energy demand and uh, the fact that your big muscle groups are or spares on, on the bike because you will have some freewheeling and you'll have some downtime. It's not work, work, work all the way as you would find um, in a running race. Um, so the muscles that you use for the, the body is only so many muscles. So the, the muscles will be utilized in, in the same sports, uh, in different sports, but in a different way. Um, the muscles that tend to take a little bit more strain will be that of the, the torso, believe it or not, because for the way that you position on the bike. So for runners, it would be the lower back of the cyclist, more the, the neck and the upper back area, because they're not used to being in that um, position for such a long time period. Um, the legs, uh, as I mentioned, the legs get a little bit of reprieve in the downhills, um, and, uh, and the contractions are a little bit different in running. You have more of the eccentric contractions compared to the concentric contractions, contractions that you find with cycling. Um, so the, the muscle fatigue comes in really because of the duration of these long events. And um, a muscle fatigue when you use this on and on without recovery. So if you have a well-conditioned muscle, it will fatigue a lot slower than a muscle that is in condition uh, sufficiently. But uh, because of the reprieve that you get in the downhills and the freewheeling, maybe stopping at watering points, uh, it makes it so much more durable when you do a cycling event for a runner compared to a cyclist that's been um, pillaging the cycling training. Marcel, so let's just say Supplement-wise, would I use the same sort of supplements um, as I would on a half marathon for a 94.7-kilometer ride? Would, would that sort of supplement be acceptable? Yeah, I'd say for most well-conditioned runners or moderately conditioned runners, they don't really need supplements for a half marathon. Um, I would say that uh, with decent nutritional habits, uh, we all know you have enough uh, glycogen or energy stored for about two, two and a half hours of moderate level of intensity or sustained levels of intensity. So on the bike, you're going to be out there a little bit longer and um, it's, it's a lot easier for cyclists to take in refreshments and um, supplements because they, um, as I said, they, said earlier, that you can utilize the downhill and maybe stopping at a feeding station. And so it's a lot easier to eat 
something on the right and, um, and if you take food and supplements with you. I would suggest that uh, a lot of sports dietitians would suggest that you, you take something that's a little bit more high glycemic um, just before the, the event starts, so five minutes or ten minutes before your wave starts, take something like a goo or something slightly high glycemic index so you've got that quick energy that's available as you set off. And um, depending on the weather play, um, you would have to um, take in sufficient amounts of water and then the carbohydrates, I would take that on a regular basis every 45 minutes to an hour. Um, the, the scientists I know they, they like eating um, energy bars, uh, solar power bars, power those are very popular. If, uh, we can look at some of the brands, the uh, TGI, all those products are very popular with runners and cyclists. Uh, but also meal replacements are becoming more and more popular with um, food fundies and uh, the dietitians. So because uh, you're on the bike or on the road for so long, you will be missing out on a meal or a snack or um, or something similar. So, um, yeah, I would um, look at something more uh, comprehensive like that, or a sandwich, or you know, dried fruit. All those things are easy to take with you on the bike and uh, be able to induce those during the event. Uh, the most important thing in my mind would be the, the liquid, uh, as you're going to be on the road for so long, and if the temperatures are soaring on the day, definitely sufficient fluids intake would be a prime importance. Okay, Marcel, so what you're saying essentially is runners who are fit and running regularly uh, probably don't need to do anything over and above what they normally do on a half marathon, and the uh, the only thing they're going to walk away with on Cycle Challenge Sunday will be possibly a slightly sore bum have they not done any training whatsoever before the race. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, look, I'd say it's, it's um, absolutely doable, and uh, whether I say so or not, the guys will go and do it anyway. Um, so I wouldn't advocate it, but uh, they will survive and they, they will come a, away with a bragging right. Um, as a coach, once again, I, would, I wouldn't recommend it. I would rather they go do a couple of rides um, just to get used to the saddle, just to get used to the positioning, and also maybe the, the group dynamics when you're riding in a group is a little bit different to sitting on a, on a stationary bike in a, in a spinning class. Um, so all those things will benefit the, the rider and also just that sports specific position when you're on the bike. Um, so uh, I would definitely suggest to the runners that they should get on the bike and see, I mean, the, you, uh, you don't have to get so technical, the bike set up and all that, especially if you're going to be borrowing a bike, but all those things definitely will count in your favour and you'll less likely have biomechanical issues after the event when you have got a bike that's set up to your um, biomechanical requirements. Marcel Fulhune, uh, thank you very much for speaking to us this afternoon on Run Talk SA and uh, uh, all the best for uh, your running uh, towards the end of the year and uh, good luck for next year's events. Thanks very much, Simon. Nice to talk to you. Can't believe that we are heading into November already, which means uh, the year's almost done and uh, you should seriously be looking at Comrades. 2014 entries are open. Uh, they're only open till the end of November. If they are sold out before then, 18,000 slots, you don't get an entry. So if you haven't entered yet and you're planning on running, enter right now. But something else that's coming up on the 11th of November is our next Journey to Comrades webinar. We've done a couple already, and the next one in the series taking place on the 11th of November. And uh, some exciting news as well that uh, the apparel sponsor for the Comrades Marathon, New Balance, has come on board and they're going to be sponsoring it all the way up uh, to Comrades 2014. And it's great to have the Comrades coach on the show again today, Lindsay Perry. How's it going, mate? Are you well? Yeah, I'm going really, really well. And, uh, yeah, big thanks to New Balance. Uh, they 
they will be keeping us on the airwaves all the way until uh, comrades, which I think is good news for everyone. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's just a, it's such a cool way to to get in touch with runners and and sort of especially on on the novice the novice front guys who are are unsure about what they're doing and where they should be right now and what should they be looking at. It's just a great way for for us to touch base with them and and help them and and walk them through the process of of getting to comrades and as we get closer to race day, talking them through comrades race day as well. But let's talk about yep. uh, the the one coming up on the eleventh of November. Uh, what are we going to be chatting about? Yeah, so look, I think it's important that we uh, keep taking stocks. I think we'll start uh, where we normally do, which is really just to have an analysis of, of where are we now, what sort of things uh, um, should we be doing, um, and that will lead us right into, I think, the most important topic for this time of the year, which will be around um, when should we be taking a break, how long should the break be, why is it important uh, to take a, a break, Um so that we can set ourselves up for next year. And then that uh, also leads quite nicely into into one of my uh, favorite topics, and that is around just general recovery from day-to-day training and what sort of things should we be doing to managing ourselves and, and what should we be looking out for so that we can uh, pick up problems before they arise. And then uh, finally, I think that will lead us straight into um, you know, what do we do if we have uh, already run into a problem or when we do run into problems uh, with things like illness and in particular injury uh, and then I think that uh, uh, quite a lot of information to take in, in one go so I think that's kind of where we'll leave it for the for the, the show on the 11th of November um, and then obviously we'll pick up with some more stuff in December. Yeah, absolutely. And and if you want to register, you can register right now as well. All you have to do is head over to runtalksa.co.za forward slash comrades uh, and just pop your name and email address in there. We'll send you an email closer to the time just with a confirmation and the links on where you can watch the webinar live on the night as well. Uh, and as always, it will be very interactive opportunity for you to ask questions using email and social media, Twitter, Facebook, and that again. Uh, the last couple have worked really well from that perspective, and a lot of people have got their questions answered too. So those are the topics we're going to be covering. Uh, we'll take stock of where you are now, uh, what you should be doing for the next few weeks, looking at when you should take a break to Towards the end of November, beginning of December, we look at recovery and also a bit on injury prevention. And if you do pick up something, what you should do to manage it right now. Uh, Lindsay Perry, as always, great catching up and uh, look forward to doing that next webinar with you and New Balance uh, on the 11th of November. Yep, looking forward to it. Can't wait. Another week of Run Talk SA done and dusted. Uh, yeah, before we head out of here, I just need to say a very, very, very big thank you to everyone who's left us a star rating and a review on the iTunes platform. If you do listen through uh, the Apple, uh, through your Apple device, what I would ask you to do, and Parky will ask you the same, is just leave us uh, a rating, a star rating, and if you wouldn't mind just taking a couple of seconds and leaving us a review, because what that does is it helps iTunes rank the podcast. And obviously, the higher we rank and the more ratings and reviews we get, the better it is for other people to find this podcast. And Parky, I was actually just looking uh, at the South African iTunes store, and Run Talk SA is number two on the sporting uh, podcast list. So, yeah, we want to get to number one, keep those rankings and ratings coming in. Uh, and then just some of them, we've got 15 five-star ratings, by the way, which is great. Uh, go on in from Speed Demon 786 whoever that is. Uh, it says, thanks for the great show, really informative, and you've covered all the topics I'm interested in. 
hopefully not all of them, Speed Demon, because we want you coming back and, and listening to some more. Uh, we've also got one in from uh, Richie B42. said, fantastic, loving the podcast, highlight of my running week. Thanks, guys. So that's just two of them. I tell you what, Parky, here's the deal. If you leave us a review on iTunes, we'll read it out next week on the show. You'll get your name in lights. We'll make you famous. What do you think of that, Parky? I think that's a fabulous idea. And, of course, for those of you that are uh, that are running, getting out on the road and enjoying the summer weather as it uh, certainly comes into most parts of South Africa. I think Cape Town's even caught up with uh, with summer for 2013-14. Uh, it is something that we like to hear about. I mean, those running clubs, those people that you run with every day, the anecdotal stories, just get them through to us. And you can email us. It's very easy. It's uh, podcast at runtalksa.co.za. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter as well. And uh, that's very easy. It's at runtalksa.co.za. And uh, we send the odd tweet every now and again on the weekend when we find something interesting and, of course, when we've been out on runs ourselves. And obviously retweet any of uh, your tweets, which we think uh, uh, the people following us would find of interest. So please make sure that you get those stories across to us because it is about you. It's not just about the people that we speak to or happen to find on a Monday to Friday basis. Absolutely. And, and also on the social media, if you're on Facebook, be in touch on our Facebook page as well. Just search for Run Talk SA. Uh, and before we head on out here, be sure to register for that Journey to Comrades webinar. Go to runtalksa.co.za forward slash comrades. From myself, Brad Brown, have yourself a superb week and we'll chat next week. Yep. And from me, Simon Parkinson, exactly the same. Enjoy your running week and we'll speak to you next week. <laughs>